Welcome to Mr. Cynical. Hello and welcome to Mystical Cynical. My name is Darren. Oh, to hear a fart rip out in the silence on its own. That's how we started. Why Why are farts, like, why is it something that we do naturally? Why is that, why is that funny? I guess, like, how does a sound become, like, the sound of, like, knocking on a door is, a, is for all intents and purposes, the same sound as, a, as butts yeah. making a sound? Well... I think okay. So the one I just heard went, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But there's not. Like but there's not going. Meh. Yeah, but there's not like less funny fart sounds where you go. Eh, that one's a little. Uh... <laughs> They're that all one funny. Sounds dangerous. Well, and yeah, I guess I do. They do have to personality, different personalities. They do. It. Yeah, it sounds almost wet. Like it sounds like a check is in order. <laughs> I hate when people go, "Mm, you sure you didn't? And I'm like, yeah, I know what I've, what my situation is here. I want to check. Yeah. Uh, What's your name? Uh, Oh, Jay. I'm Jamie. Yeah. I'm the (laughs) one with the sultry voice. Uh, J-A-Y-M-E-E. Two E's. um, Mm D-A-R-E-N. Both extraordinarily rare versions of how our names are normally spelled. True. I met a therapist the other day named Carol Lee. And we were talking at the dog park and it was like this, uh, Lacey and I were there. And so it was her and her Carolee and her partner and her husband and like to find another double E thing. Mm-hmm. It's always like a little like, okay, well I'm going to flag this page and go, maybe we should explore some more because of the double E thing is such a, a rarity. And then you find out that you have like, why are we talking? Well, you're in the same field. You're trying to figure out the same things. Both you're have trying dogs. To help people. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And they were the same breed of dog. Get out of here. No, they're both mini golden doodles. Doodle with two E's. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh man. How you feeling since last ep? Not episode? good. What's that? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. I just haven't found, I haven't like, uh, when I say found it's, an, I think the, the part of the issue is, is that I'm not actually actively searching, but mm. whatever I'm looking for or whatever I need to find hasn't found me or I haven't found yet. It, it really is. I'm, I wonder if you were in the same position mm-hmm. of me and it, and it kind of po- poses the question in a way that we posed a while back of, um, if money was no object, yeah, which kind of is my circumstance. I mean, obviously it still has a huge part. I still have a lot of bills and financial obligations that I'm responsible for, but, but I have enough of a passive income that allows me to not really have to do anything throughout the day. Right. So with that question that we asked a long time ago was, Oh, great. Then you're in a position to do whatever you want and you should find the most, you know, find whatever you've wanted to do. The thing that money that your job has held you back from and that you can't do because you have to go to your nine to five. Yep. I'm, I don't, I guess I, the thing is, is I don't know what that is. Yeah. What is the thing that, that brings me the joy? And so, like I, I said last week when we packed up, I was literally like left here with nothing to do mm-hmm. and nothing that feels, um, well, I can't wait to get to this after, you know, we wrap this podcast. So I know we had said, and not to like put you on the spot about no, this no, and be sure. like, well, what would you do in this situation? No, but, no, but cool. you know, I, I, I asked, I was having a conversation with somebody recently about that. And he's, he's sort of since made some pretty big business plans that are trying to kind of alleviate him from his business. 
Mm. And I wasn't like warning him about it, but I was like, also just like, do you, would you find that amount of time to be something that you would actually like look forward to? Cause, cause what, like, what are we doing? Like, what is it? You know, I know people love to surf. Some people like to mountain bike. There's like things that people do, but I just feel like I have zero of that. Mm. Yeah. So, um, we haven't talked about meditation in a long time. Are you keeping up with that? I am. Yeah. I haven't missed a day. I mean, it's, it's obviously like it, between 15 and 20 minutes out of, you know, eight hours mm. in that time. I mean, I suppose I could just sit in meditation for three hours. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not like it's the, yeah, like this. Yeah, yeah. It's not really the hobby thing, uh-huh. but, but I think, but I can certainly attest to, uh, the ongoing benefits of meditation where I had some, mm. uh, just recently Daylu was, you know, being Daylu at a three-year-old, nothing out, out of the ordinary or abnormal. Mm-hmm. And I found myself getting, reaching a level of frustration. And I, I had almost like a, a visual representation of seeing the line where I go, Hey dude, you're getting close to the line. Mm. And once you cross that line, that is, uh, almost like a point of no return. Oh, yeah. Now I'm, sh- now I'm pissed. Now I'm fucking, oh, yeah. you know, now I'm angry. Now I'm going to smack the shit out of you. Mm. Just kidding. Right. Um, but I could <laughs> I see, <laughs> I could see the line where I go, Whoa, look at, there it is. And, yeah. and I don't, I don't want to go any further. And right. so like, so I think what, what felt really helpful in that was, and, and maybe this is helpful for people who are starting a meditation practice where you think, uh, that, you're going to not react anymore. Like, cause mm-hmm. you're so Zen that you just don't, you're just like peaceful to everything right. where for me it was like, Oh, I'm still being brought to a level of reaction, but I'm aware of it. And I know that it's not going to go any further. I'm not going to let it uh, unconsciously go any further than it needs to, or should go or whatever part it's going to. Part of me wonders if because of your rigorous meditation and um, your insight, and your the level of insight being at a high at a fever pitch, um, that there's a you your your consciousness feels you're responsible enough to be able to deal with some things that maybe oh, you Jesus. didn't before. Where did I start the goddamn meditation? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I hadn't considered that, like the level of of fallout from from being more conscious. <laughs> yeah, and I don't and. And I don't want to say that there's some thing that you haven't touched in on yet that is like, you know, like the, um, like the, the, what do they call those things? The foxtail in your sock or mm-hmm. something while you're walking, like, or the rock in your sock. Like, there may not be one, you know, this may just be, uh, I don't Mid-life know. Midlife crisis? Yeah, sort of. I yeah. mean, well, I mean, what you've accomplished. I think people arguably like at least the ones that I've known, they're working really hard to get to a point where they might enjoy the, some of the freedoms that you have. And it comes later. I just want to know what people the, are going to do with that freedom. Like I need anyone right. who, who's, who's reached a, pe- a point in their life where they've had a, an immense amount of freedom of time, call in and tell me what you do with your time. And, and, and I guess mm. it's like, it's not like, do like, I don't know. It, yeah, I know it's, and it's not like I'm going to go like, Oh, I do a uh, uh, backgammon. I play backgammon <laughs> with a friend. I think, I think a big part of it is, 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 um, is seclusion is that I don't have a, I don't have community. I don't have a tight knit group of friends that I call on, uh, Patrick, who's, who's my bestie. We Marco Polo a lot. And for yeah. those who aren't familiar, Marco Polo is like a communication app where we video each other, but we're not actually talking. So mm. we leave these kind of like diary entries to each other. And then we both uh, in our own time, watch the videos and then reply to it and stuff like that. And so God, that's beautiful. It is beautiful, but it's also hilarious that it's like the closest real, like 
communicative relationship I have is, is one that we're not actually talking right. to each other. That's the heightened yeah. level of communication that exists for people who yeah. are on a similar frequency. Yeah. I think, I mean, um, that Zen book that I, I finished a while back, it was the whole thing. There was this whole thing on communication and, and how true communication transcends language and, and form, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's something that's an unspoken thing. And, and I think I covered some of that in a few episodes back, but you know, with you both, it, the paradoxes of life that you're in, that you're seeing where it's like, how is this, but this, like, how, how, how is this communication? We're not really talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing to expose that real estate that's underutilized, Yeah, you, you know, to explore how much you can communicate with somebody without it being direct. It's also, I think, um, I think that we've, um, we're just talking on top of each other a lot of the time when we're doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I noticed it (laughs) (laughs) for sure. For sure. No. And I, and again, like I, I do, I really value that we've, that this communication or that this technology exists that allows us to communicate this way. But I, I was kind of, I was reflecting to him on, uh, uh, the, the fact that we live, you know, he lives up in Washington and I live down here and that, um, there's just that, like that freedom that I miss around, um, uh, just a hang. Like when I talked about in that episode where I talked about that house that I lived in that burned down. And when I would like, couldn't wait to get home from work to just walk into the house and be like, Oh, who's here right now. And like, and just, and then yeah. everything peeled away. There was no, there was no thought of like, Oh, I need to be doing this or I should be doing this. It was like, here we are busting balls, shooting the shit, just like being so present within, in, within, uh, an interaction or a relationship within yeah. that. And I feel like the pandemic kind of whatever semblance that existed in my life, that just, it's just all, all gone. And then, and then I get, when I get too far away from it, it's really hard for me to get back into it. Like you and Lacey, you know, you'll invite me over every now and then. And, and I have this like damn near kind of like anxiety attack of like, I don't like, cause if I go over there, it's like, I'm walking into something and I have to be on, or I have mm. to be not, you know, I don't have to, but it's this feeling of like this obligatory sense of, of, cause I've shown up because you've invited me over. Then I have to present or be a certain way. Oh yeah. As opposed to just the casual nature of like running into each other. That's different than it is to like be invited and come into my home. And yeah, yeah. I think that I, I really want you to work with the concept that is when we invite you over, we're inviting over whatever state you're in. Yeah. Like it, when the invitation comes, we're at a level of preparation within ourselves that is sort of inviting in whatever state. And it was the way that we began our relationship, you and me, Yeah, you know, where there was an acknowledgement that you were going through something. You didn't want to pass that off to me to begin a friendship. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, fuck all that like good friendships begin what what better way to begin a friendship than to know a, a you know like i'm i i had the opportunity to get to know you in that moment on a level of all your life's experiences leading you up to this point right where you're watching things slip away you're asking yourself big questions and it was like a crash course you know on on getting to know you and i i i knew that that would be the case rather than I mean, what's the thing that we all hate about first dates is that somebody's going to put their best face forward right. and bullshit 
And, you know, for like uh, initially, at least for the few, you know, people do that for months. Yeah, for dating, sure. Absolutely. You know? And then you find out down the line that you're dating a creep or you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're dating somebody that's overbearing or, you know, the skeletons start to fly out of the closet. And with this, it's like, no, let's fucking begin this thing in the realest point of your life. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I like you that. Know? And, yeah. and, and it's carried forth. And so there's no way that 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 early beginning, I mean, thinking about pure motivation, which is basically another way of just saying your original state of motivation that began something. All right. So that's that's what we would call this. The our original state and the ingredients that went in were just raw, vulnerable honesty mm-hmm. that is now being carried forth into episode 28 of a podcast. Yeah. You know, and it and it seems to be the thing that's drawing people in, which means that there's some beauty to the people being this honest with each other. Right. You know, right, right, right. And so, well, I'm glad you guys are getting enjoyment. Out of this <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I also think that, so I'm, I'm not a fan these days of trying to figure out what the thing is because it feels like you're playing mental whack-a-mole, you know, the moment you hit one of those little moles, like another one pops up and it's like, well, where is this depression? But depression you know, or the, the discontent that you're in, it feels like, um, it feels like honesty. Mm. Like you're, you're not blowing up your situation to be bigger than it is. It, this, it, you're, you're conceiving what is actually your life, which is not a lot of, not a village. Like mm-hmm. you were talking about the village is absent. Um, you have a child that you're raising with your partner um, that's a beautiful thing, but it, it like creatively and at a gut level, you're, you're really in the drudgery of early raising a child. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I do feel like I'm in a very privileged depression right now. <laughs> like where, Certainly. and, and no one would disagree with that, but it's yeah. still like, it's relative, man. And, and I don't like it when, you know, you start comparing yourself to other people do that as a form of gratitude you know, like step into that zone when you, when you're being like sour pants or right, something, right, you know, right, right, like when yeah. you just don't see what you have and you're telling yourself a story and you're backed into a corner. For sure. Yeah. No, I'm not, I mean, I, 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 I've, I've thought about even like with the last episode where it creeped in a little bit of just like the voice of dissent of people who are like, who's this guy think he is? He's, he's like, you know, that, pr- like the way that we've, we've like you weaponized privilege where yeah. we've like used that to, to, to insult somebody and yeah. say like, how dare you? Right. And so with that, with that acknowledgement, it's, it's kind of more just like a humorous take on it where I'm also recognizing that I've not fallen into uh, despair that people should be like, Hey, we need to go check on Darren. Right. Like, and that I can still, you know, do this podcast. I still see it. I've been seeing a trainer three days a week. So like, there's that level of like, where if I had to, if I just like, couldn't get out of bed and couldn't make daily breakfast or make lunch for their school, like all that kind of shit, that would be like, that would be like, Hey, I need help here. Oh yeah. But to to just be in this place of like, wow, I'm like really sitting in some, just some discontent and some discomfort and and it's fine. And I don't certainly don't, I can't imagine that I'm 75 and I'm still like, yep, never found what that was and just yeah. you know now i'm just surly and sad so yeah I, it's like I, I just see it as a season I, I think also that you might be grieving the idea of what being successful might have brought yeah that that, that there would be a, a fulfillment yes well i mean and that's something that i can certainly now after many years 
tell everyone that money does not buy happiness. Mm. And I used to think that was fucking bullshit. Yep. Like bullshit. No money does buy happiness. Of course it buys the privilege to get to a point where you can like take a huge amount of load off of your life, which, you know, that in itself, that causes sadness. So I think like poverty can cause sadness, but money doesn't cause happiness. Right. It's like very good. It's, man. it's so now great. I'm in that weird place of like, okay, yeah, you've taken away this, this, a lot of these stresses and these things that would used to, I mean, what brought me to therapy was just that like that crushing feeling of, of scarcity and that I'm next thing tomorrow I'll be living on the street and that's, that's gone. And so now I'm in this place of like, what is it? What do, what do I want? What is the point? You know, it suddenly doesn't like money doesn't bring purpose into your life. Yeah. The purpose I think is more valuable than money. Cause I know that there's people who, who absolutely love what they do and pour this passion into the stuff, but they're not rich by any means, but they yeah. have, they wake up every day, like stoked to be doing what they're doing. And right. so that the right. money just doesn't buy that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there's a G there. They call it, um, what you were talking about earlier, um, like taking suggestions from people, like, what would you do if you were me? That's also a form of what they call in the 12 step groups. They call it like pull, when somebody pulls a geographic, they call it mm -hmm. where you move out of a city because it's like, oh, fuck it. It's this place. And then you move and there you are still right. You're carrying it around. And where so, can I move where I'm not? <laughs> yeah. The meditation is the only spot, you know, and for the time being and your ayahuasca sit that's coming up. Yep. And, you know, those are both really great um, um, vacations things. from yourself. Yeah, yeah, sort of. I mean, and as a journey into yourself, you, you find that there's no self there. Right. You know, right. and that's yeah. the beautiful thing. Um, but I also just, uh, you know, there, there is something pretty major there and I don't, I'm inviting you to talk about it in this moment. There's pretty, there's something pretty major going on in your life that, that is, it's, I, you know, you and I barely talk about it mm -hmm. and, and, I don't, I don't know how that's sitting with you, but it's a pretty major thing. The LASIK surgery? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, with back east. Oh, yeah. Yeah, shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. I know. And it's a weird thing because I... Oh, man. <laughs> so um, my dad is... Um, my dad has uh, cancer and he has... Um, two types. He has prostate cancer and he has liver cancer. Mm. And, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know much. I mean, I, I know as much as, as I think they know, and there's treatment that's being started and there's, um, you know, the steps you take and there's the, the, the feeling of, of confusion and, uh, the massive amount of trust that you have to put into the, whoever you're consulting with to give you the right answers and, and the, the hopeful, um, procedures and all that kind of stuff. And, and I mean, mm. I can't even, I, I, I can't obviously like as a healthy young man, put myself in a position where someone, where I just have to completely release like control of your health where, mm -hmm. where right now I feel like my health is very much in my control. I dictate what I put in my body and, yeah. and all that stuff. But then to just have to go through these processes of, of being, um, yeah. Yeah. So, so there's, there's a couple things he's, he's, um, with the, with the liver, they did this thing, which I hadn't heard of before. And it's, they take these radioactive seeds and they, they stick them in through your veins and they, they push them all the way through your, I think they started in his hand and they push it all the way through his body and get it in, put into the, to the kidney to, to really centralize the radiation as opposed to kind of just blasting a, a broad area. And apparently that's supposed to be a, a better way for it, uh, yeah. a more direct way to handle it. 
And, um, and so, yeah, that's kind of, we're just in that process right now. And I talked to my mom just the other day and, and he's, he's, you know, he's like weak and he's, he's wobbly. And, and, and so just that nature of like, we don't know why he's wobbly. He's on some hormone therapy as well. So is it that, or is it the cancer? You know, you just can't, you don't get a printout that says like, here's the reason you're feeling this way. Yeah. And so when you're having these like kind of competing medicines and having these treatments that are in essence, harming you to heal you. It's like, it's a lot. And so it's, you just don't really know. And, you know, on a more, obviously on a personal, emotional, relational note, um, I have a complicated relationship with my dad. I feel like it's not, um, it's not exactly, we've not ever laid all of our cards out on the table as to how we feel about each other. And so I have a lot of preconceived notions as to how he feels about me. And, and, there's so much that is unsaid yeah. that, that I've not, that I don't, you know, it's scary to think that I ever have to be put in this position now that there's essentially a ticking clock, which has always been a ticking clock, but now that it's visible yeah. to know whether or not it's something that I should step into and, 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 and handle mm-hmm. or, 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 or approach. And I, I've talked to, to my therapist about, they were supposed to come out and visit for my birthday. And, and, and it was just, you know, it was kind of, it was very aspirational. And, and it turned out by the time the time came, my dad was just not feeling well enough for him to come visit. And in that, before that came, I, I was positing this idea of, of, and I didn't go any further than saying, Hey dad, can we go for a walk? Right. And just oh, that, Jesus. like, <laughs> just, yeah. That implication of can we yeah. go for a walk? And it's not like, let's go for a walk and like shoot the shit. It's just like that, you know, kind of has some gravity to it when you say, can we oh, go yeah. for a walk? Like, yeah. that, you know, anytime anyone said, if I've had to say that in my life or had it said to me, I'm like, oh, this means something right. pretty big. And, and, and just that. Did he, did he say I'd like that or no, no, no. This oh. was in, in anticipation of him coming out oh, for so the visit. In your I mind. Was, yeah. Right. I was going to yeah, let's take a walk, go for a walk. Um, and so, yeah, it was like, I could even just saying it to, to Charlie, my therapist, I felt, I felt it mm. of like, holy shit. I'm already nervous. Just te- saying to you that I want to say to him, yeah. just very many levels removed without it even being there. And so now, you know, it's at a point where I just don't know. I don't know what's worth it. What, you know, and, and, and what, what you want from somebody when they're in this place where you want them to be, um, Oh my God, it's a ticking clock. And like, I want to yeah, say all the stuff. Wrap it all like, up, buddy. Yeah. Like, yeah, get all your shit straight. And yeah. like, no, you know, and that's, that's more, I'm kind of leaning more into the side of like, how dare I, how could you right. assume that anybody's gonna suddenly flip and, and rectify all of their wrongs and, and, and come to some level of, of awareness. And, and obviously, you know, we, as, as psychedelic enthusiasts were like, mm. wish we could get them into that, sure. you know, yeah. kind of thing. But that's not fair to, to assume that somebody wants to have a massive fucking psychedelic trip and, come out of it with something but i'll tell you how dare you i mean you're you're raising a child you're it's the aspiration of a son who's also a father right right and there is this as much as we give a pass to sort of our like we we at some point if we're lucky it gets pointed out that we we can relieve our parents of their duties without informing them right and kind of go to turn that elsewhere like look for those roles to be fulfilled either in the world and the natural world which is a good one always to build a relationship with and i think that it's trying to build a relationship with you and i see it very often i hear it in your stories and i don't know if there's that recognition of what that is because you're just stepping into 
these, you know, synchronicities and stuff like that. And it's kind of, it's interesting and new enough and in the forefront enough to kind of just go, huh, something's happening here, but not really taking it much further than that. Mm -hmm. And it's not your nature really to try and figure things out on that level, like spiritually or without anything that can't be proven. And uh, even though you, you, you're making excellent strides. <laughs> in well, I'm curious about it all. I'm, and I'm also like really fascinated by it. And I do feel the little like ping of like, Ooh, that was, you know, and that's where it blends in with the psychedelic side of things. Where yeah. It's like, I almost feel like mysticism, it, it kind of, it's possessed without um, a real entry point where like you can just, people can just experience mysticism or which I feel like I haven't experienced in a natural way of experiencing this kind of not, not that psychedelics are unnatural, but that's been my bridge into mysticism. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the other day you were driving in the middle of nowhere and you were thinking about somebody and then you saw their car pulled off to the side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it was far away from where this person lives. Mm -hmm. It was literally in the middle of nowhere. And you're seeing this car, the one car that belongs to the person that you were thinking about in yeah. that moment. And that to me is like, you know, that just doesn't, that's not happening all the time. And it's like a, a point where you can go and you can explore what that means a little bit more. You can see if other ones start to spring up and you can start to build a very fluid, um, narrative mm -hmm. that's still open to being wrong, but like starting to form some ideas about how the world's working. Sure. That there's a correspondence from your consciousness to the material world. And it's certainly, it's not like you brought that person there, right? but you might've felt them, their presence. If we're all connected and we all share in the same stuff and if consciousness is this gigantic web and just like the mycelial networks underneath yeah. the earth, if we have that above ground, on some level as antennas, then you might've felt that person. I love how it's about how it. to flip it like that. It's, it, it makes me feel so much more in the, like, uh, to, to, to side with mysticism and when it is not, um, you were thinking about him. So he appeared, right. He was already there. Right. And you were close enough to, yeah, I yes. think that, that one, that's such a beautiful, easy flip to good. make it. Yeah. Not well, so woo woo. -y. Okay, good. Yeah. So this, this will lead me into the next bit where if you can feel that with somebody that you're barely connected with, but, but maybe this person that you saw is somebody that you've been more recently has been in your mind. And mm -hmm. so if you can have that kind of strong connection and feeling something like that and preemptively, you know, be in a cycle of thought about it and then see the the person's car. You didn't make that happen. Yes. But you felt them. If that's a truth or if that's a, a leaning toward a truth, mm -hmm. imagine the connectivity that you have with your father. Yeah. And this thing, honestly, like I know that they were coming out. I know it was right around your birthday. I know that there was a dinner planned. I know that there was a lot that you were going to cram into that experience. And here's the, here's where it gets, here's where my arm hairs stand up. <laughs> it's your birthday right. and you're wanting to use the day that celebrates your birth to initiate this deep conversation with your father and hope that 
you can peek behind the veil of just like that, that this is just like another day for him. Right. You know, right. And see, I often depth. don't even consider my dad's role in the, my birthday. Like that's so my mom and me, right. But obviously he had yeah. a pretty contributing role to yeah. it. Yeah. 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 And so there's some beauty in that. And then that not happening and the conversation, the walk not happening and not knowing really what, where this is going to go. I think that that's a major contributor to what you're in. And it has really kind of sprung forth in the period of time that that's preceded that date coming Mm. and going, you know, and this connectivity of not knowing, you know, you know, with you, with, with you, you're in the same place that your father's in, in a weird way, because you've arrived at a point in your life that was supposed to yield some sort of relief or connectivity. And you found that in a lot of ways outside of the material comfort, you're still in that place of not knowing Mm -hmm. and not feeling like, you know, anything more necessarily than when you began and that place of arriving and, and, and not yielding the thing that you thought is a, is a grieving. Right. And that, is the same thing that your father's in, at least in your, you know, estimation, like you're, you're seeing this, you're seeing sort of, um, like a passive nature about the thing and not even acknowledging it necessarily with you. And so he's arrived at a point where it's like the clock is ticking and nothing's being done. Not that doesn't, not, it didn't change. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. Right. Yeah. I mean, to think that you could get to the point, of essentially there's an announcement being made. Hey, this is your final chapter. And yeah, in like a book and you go, wow, where's the fucking, where's the climax? Where's the, like, where's the, where's how does this all tie up? Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking sad. How does it, how does the, um, the fact that instead of my parents coming out, I got beat in miniature golf by Lacey. How does that tie (laughs) in to for my birthday? (laughs) Yeah. That's just like life's a bitch. Yeah. Life's a bitch, and then you shoot five strokes over par. <laughs> no, Lacey, you, and this is, I guess, the beautiful spiritual thing in that. My takeaway was like the person who didn't care yeah. the most. Yes, yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, it was annoying, you know. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. <laughs> but this is a very real thing that we don't talk about enough, and that I mean, there isn't much more to say. So your body's saying it for you, right? I mean, what words can you put to this situation? that haven't, you don't have any more information. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And that feels like that, that the, the, the desire to, to be, to, to produce or to, to, to solve, to do anything physically to, to, to like, Oh, I should, you know, this, I, this, this self-imposed obligation to, to do anything physically that like, yeah, you, that, that is like my body, does not have the energy to do the thing that I, that my mind thinks it should be doing. Like, yeah. Hey, the mind saying, Hey, well clean the fucking kitchen. If you're just sitting around, you don't have anything to do. You don't have a job, dude. Fucking make your, why isn't your house sparkling clean? Why right. are you, why are you exercising even more than you are? You know, all these things where you get in, you're, you're like taunting yourself or your yeah. mind is taunting your body to like do something. And this is so specific and nothing can touch it. Yeah. It really is just what this, this thing is. Yeah. It's a, a designation that's between you both and the body keeps the score. Yeah, for sure. And so the body keeps the score, not only in the ways that are, are being talked about in that great book, 
but uh, like in the ways of like your body keeps a score of trauma, but it also keeps the score of the unrealized potential of connection between you and family members, mm -hmm. especially your parents. And so all these things that you found limiting within your upbringing that you've journeyed out into the world to figure out and to improve upon, let's just say, all right. Um, all due respect to, you know, to your parents, but like we, our role is not only as children is to learn how to survive them, but it's also to improve upon it, to evolve. Sure. You know? And so you having all those unanswered things, the body's keeping the score of that and it's longing for a connection for the one person in this case that can liberate all of that and can go like, yeah, I saw it, you know, mm -hmm. I saw my limitations I saw you needing more and I wasn't able to give it to you because of this, this, and this, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but still I saw it. And that recognition that you could get from that is the kind of liberation that if you don't get before he passes, it's the kind of work that you have ahead of you to find ways of freeing all of that up. You have like, that's what people do when their parents die and it's then there's undone work. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, you know, you meet amazing, here's the thing with the journey of that. If you, if you answer the call of it, there are beautiful people to meet. Mm -hmm. There's places to go. There's things to see. There's life to be lived in a very deep way. And all of that is, it, it, it makes it easier on you asking yourself these big questions and reaching for an answer that is not in human form anymore. Yeah. And so either way that you go, whether you get it from your father in this period of time or you, you know, you connect beyond and, and reach out into the unknown, same way you always have for it's sure. No different. Yeah, I know. And I, and I, and I, you know, the thing that I push away from is certainly, um, obligating my dad to, especially when I've not said anything and for all intents and purposes, he's, he's like, willfully or unconsciously unaware of that. I hold any sort of feelings for him or to him around how I was raised and things that happened. And so to, to sit here in my own home and think that he needs to do something in order to alleviate me of something, I, I've definitely understood that that is so ridiculous and, and not the way towards healing that, yeah. that you know, and so, then it gets turned back on me and says, okay, well, what level of confidence or what level of, of, um, you know, and, and in this past year in my life, I've had for the first time ever, the toughest conversations I've ever had with, with a few people in my life, yes. few key people in my life that I could have never imagined that right. I could have never. And there's still the list that, you know, I still, I want to talk to my brother to some degree and, yep. and that's still terrifying. So it's weird that it, I guess it's not weird, but the, the ones who are on the still remaining on the list are family people that you have, that you are yep. share the same fucking mycelium network and DNA yeah. and everything. And so to have people that came into your life that you chose, I think it's easier quote unquote to have, to have those ridiculously difficult conversations with yep. but now with the family shit. Yeah. It's, well, so the, the, whenever it was two episodes ago or whatever, where I talked about my mom, kind of liberating me and saying, I don't see you and my son anymore. I see you as somebody that Rick Rubin. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So that did something for me in that moment that, you know, I, uh, we had worked through plenty enough to be able to enjoy each other's company. Sure. I could have just let her off 
like I didn't even know how much I needed that. I just knew that I felt still like I'm trying to impress my mom with how independent I am. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to impress my father with that. And, and both of them naturally feel like they get left behind because they're, they're, they're not in a leadership role anymore Mm -hmm. as much. And that's a huge identity loss for sure, you know, for a parent. And, and I think that there's a lot of parents that are in that as, you know, the empty nest syndrome, right, right, right. Like it immediately shows you like how much you've been putting into all this, you know, and then all of a sudden like, wait, I'm not dad anymore. I'm not the one with the answers. I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's been a tough thing certainly. But when I felt that liberation, and I'm like, okay, well, this is next level. And I'm, I, I have a feeling that, that, um, there's going to be, I'm going to step into a new freedom in life. I didn't know that that was even in that. And so this is the, the place that I'm talking to you from is that your body is longing to have some things while they can be worked out, mm-hmm. connected to, and, and there every day that you wake up where nothing's being done about that it's a constant reminder, even though you're not conscious of it, it is a subconscious grinding of gears yeah. that's saying like time slipping away. I don't know how this is going to go. The good news is about most of what you've done recently in those big conversations that you've had that you're alluding to, they were survivable. Mm-hmm. Not only were they survivable, but you have come out better for them. Yeah. And, and, I think that it, I don't, I don't know all the conversations you're talking about, but I know that, you know, in reference to at least one, everyone's better for it. Yeah, for sure. Know, for sure. Know? And yeah. so that's the, the, the pureness in it, but this is a very heavy time and it's being unacknowledged and, and I'm not even saying that could be another whack-a-mole too, but I do feel like there's a lot here. Well, I mean, it's interesting because, because when you were, when you were alluding hmm. to this, I, I didn't even know what you were talking about. <laughs> right. And, and it, it is that level right. of, of, um, kind of pushing it off to the side, not acknowledging it. And at least from what I can tell or the story that I'm telling myself is I don't, I'm not acknowledging it because it doesn't really mean that much to me mm. because I've kind of dismissed or written off my, de- my father to a certain degree of, or like I said, all these presumptions of, well, he's not going to come around. Right. I'm not going to, um, even if I was to say anything, I would probably end up getting hurt more because yeah. I'd be putting myself in a vulnerable position and not actually receiving the thing I want. And so it is very much just like, I don't fucking care. And it's, and it feels really petulant. It feels really immature and it feels irresponsible to a degree. Um, but it is, it is my survival mechanism to just be like, I can't consider this. And when you brought it up and I began to talk about it and I was like, Oh fuck, here's another episode where Darren's going to start crying again. Mm -hmm. And so there's something there. So, I mean, just even that to, to, to be speaking into this microphone and knowing that thousands of people are going to like hear me share this and not that I was keeping it secret, but it, it is like, putting it into words. And then, like I said in the last episode of like, this shit only moves when you fucking move it, when you actually yeah. like speak it into form and, and find yep. some way to, to alleviate yourself from it. And so it's self-preservation you've been in. Yeah, because absolutely. Because it's like, well, I don't even see this as a possibility. So I'm going to go ahead and just not focus on that and just yep. move through this. And like, yeah, but every yeah. day your body is longing out for something to be done. And yeah. I, I can only imagine because I, I felt that when there, there didn't feel like there was as much at stake with like life coming to an end, mm-hmm. you know, but 
I felt that like, God, just like, I won't, I want to have the answer. I want to be free of this. I want them to be free and nothing seemingly is being done. And the, the, the difficult part is how much effort you're putting into life and understanding yourself and being the best parent and being the best partner, being the, you know, all Mm -hmm. that you're constantly putting in effort and we see how much work there is to do. Mm -hmm. So part of that goes like, well, I can never see this person doing that. Right. You know, I can never see my dad doing that. For sure. Yeah. You know, and that's a constant disappointment. Yeah, definitely. And I think that there's so much that has to go. There's so much empathy that has to go into this around, um, yeah. Knowing, like you just said, all the work that I've gone into and, and, and just how my life, like we aren't the same person. So it's yeah. not like to be like, how, why aren't you matched up exactly with me at this point to, to, to backtrack, to go back as far as you can to his inception and to take all of that into consideration that at least gives me a little bit of like room for, for understanding of just like, how could you be at the point that I'm at now when you didn't, you just haven't gone down the same road. And there was a moment, um, he came out a couple of years ago where we were in the, um, we're out in the driveway and everybody was like gone into the house and he, he kind of pulled me aside and it was, I mean, it stands out as, as a a wholly unique moment because it was, and he just said, Hey, you know, look, I'm, I just want to tell you, I'm, I'm really proud of you. And, uh, you know, just like, um, recognizing, you know, what I've achieved and, and just like, you know, and said in, in, in f- is a few words and, and very straightforward. And, but, uh, obviously there was like a, a massive amount of emotion behind it and yeah. a massive amount of confidence that it took Yes, to have bravery. It took to have yes. to, to put that out. Cause I mean, we're, you know, we hug and we say, and even like at the end of phone conversations, I'm like, sometimes I say I love you. And then sometimes I don't where it's like not a natural, like it just feels, still feels weird. And it's not oh, yeah. because they're, and th- that's where like the, the, the complication in my mind comes in because especially with my child where I say, I love you 15, 20 times a day. And it, it never is like, there's never a thought about it. Yeah. And so I know for my dad, it's just like, there's a whole fucking scenario that's playing out in his head before it can even get to like a very kind of like staccato. I love you at the end of a conversation oh, or like, God, I know. and so, you know, that's the, 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 coming back to these, these ideas of not taking things personally. Yeah. Like uh, I'm not, I can't take that shit personally right. because then that means that I, you don't love me. No, yeah. it's, it's really hard for me to say I love you to anybody. And so it's just a lot. It's a, it's a, and I mean, obviously father son thing is like, Oh yeah. Goes through the annals of history of like complicated relationships. Yeah. Have you <laughs> yeah. seen field of dreams? Not in a long time, but the thing I reference in that is where I try and share with people is that if you build it, they will come. Oh yeah. Thing totally. In, in within like my field or most people's fields, I think is true. Well, and, and, and this is <laughs> okay. So I don't know why. Yeah. Now I'm figuring out why this reference came into my mind, but you know, all the time, the son who his father's passed and that's in that movie, Kevin Costner is playing a, a person who's a dad and he has a, a small child and, much like you and spoiler alerts ahead folks. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he keeps hearing voices and they say things like, if you build it, he will come. And then it's like, go the distance and, uh, ease his pain. Oh, wow. It's like whose pain, like, or whatever. Yeah. And he goes on all these journeys and he figures out, like he unlocks it. This is much like your thing right now. And in the end, all of what it was being talked about, what he found out with what was not, all the things that he did necessarily, it was like the messages were all about his relationship with his dad. Mm -hmm. And in the end, 
you know, the, the famous scene where, I mean, his dad's a ghost and he figures out that his dad's playing baseball on this thing and he plays catch with his dad, which is much like the reference of you taking a walk with your dad. Mm-hmm. That's what, ugh, my <laughs> arm, dude, it's like standing up like ugh. that, that walk. When I heard that, it was like, dad, you want to play catch? Yeah. You know, and the, the, the unspoken thing I I've played catch with my dad in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you how amazing it was to, to so much get said in that game mm-hmm. where we're just throwing a ball back and forth. And my dad was like, he's like, is he complimenting me on my arm or whatever? <laughs> like saying like, you still got a good throw, you know? And all of that is like, it touches into this place. And, you know, um, if you build it, he will come. And in this case, like I think with you, like you're living in that sort of like you're, you're running down a dream, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it feels elusive because you feel like you're the only player in it. And, you know, I, man, I totally understand. I totally understand why you could be reluctant to try a disappointment at this point of an attempt made to connect and having it be thwarted like could be crushing. Yeah. And you don't want to ruin the time that you have just being at the baseline that you're at right now, which is, which, which is, fuck it, which is like, is. fuck, like, I don't care, but yeah. Right. I, right. But I, it is available enough. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's fuck it. But if, if he called or if something came your way, you're not so hardened that you wouldn't take it. No, but there's also a weird, um, codependent aspect of that where, the calls that I take and the conversations that we have are very surface and very, um, I mean, almost like he's reading from a script from yeah. the points that we cover. Um, and, uh, and I, I guess, I guess what I, what I desire is more depth is more honesty and openness, especially like, I mean, that's, that's been, that I could say that about our entire relationship, but now, especially, is like, Hey, you know, you got two cancers. We could talk about that if you want. But again, it's just like expecting like suddenly there's going to be some openness that never existed before. And so that's the thing to, to butt your head up against of just like, well, why would there, I mean, I can say, why would there be? Cause you're getting close to the end of your life. But I guess that that's a, maybe a good sign that that shit doesn't, doesn't kick in automatically that, that, that has to be a choice. And I know that like with, with um, the psychedelic research that's being done with, with um, end of life treatments and within the psychedelic space, which, you know, would be amazing if that was an opportunity to like, to crack that shit open and show you like all of it. Um, and so, yeah, the, the calls and stuff are like, oh, okay, a week's gone by. You now this sense of duty as a child yeah. to be like, I owe this to you. Right. Um, so yeah. It's well, no, just, and you've already worked through that. I know you don't feel like you owe it. You know, I mean, I know that on some, some there's, there's a competing narrative somewhere in there with yeah. all of us where we say that like, well, okay, I don't owe it to him, but like, but I have an opportunity, you know, and and I think that the only psychedelic that some people may get is somebody being that space in that moment and offering it. And I'm not saying to do it. And I'm not like, I don't want this to be on your to-do list, but I want you to know that your complexity, your um, the way that you see things from multiple angles, the way that you are advancing in your life and working through a lot of difficulty that, and uh, facing a lot of um, 
emotional disturbance and 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 doing so and meeting it with an openness and 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 succeeding in that is far greater in so many ways than some that's far more down the line than most people will ever get mm. already and that being a space in itself and being able to ask something like that in a moment could be the psychedelic. It yeah. could be the thing that cuts yeah, through. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. if it's not like you kind of just certainly temper your expectations, you, know, you you should have no problem with that at this point. Right, right, right. I think that it's interesting and, and Bianca has been kind of schooling me on this a little bit and I'm actually, I got to email somebody today about it, but we haven't, I don't think we've talked about it, but human design and I'm not going to go too far into it because I don't know enough about it, but it's starting to kind of like bring up things that, help you kind of better understand yourself to a certain degree, you know, you might want to take it with a grain of salt or you'll, if you pour all your effort into it, you'll whatever. But it's, but that idea of, um, I'm a, um, a reflector. I think it goes more complex than that, but it's, it's the rarest of the people. It's 1% of the population, which when I heard, I was like, there's only me and like three (laughs) other people, but it's like 147 million of of like 7 billion or whatever, (laughs) which is still, it's 1%. Yeah. And so I'm going to butcher it, but it's basically like, I have no motors or engines. Everything's open inside of me. And so I'm very much um, like reflecting people. Mm. And so when I'm in certain situations um, where I um, like this first, this specific example with my dad, where I'm just reflecting his, like um, talking about, well, you know, this model he's building or this book he's reading and I keep it there. And so it's like, it's just kind of like, boom, boom. It just bounces back and forth as opposed to me just suddenly peeking at me like, Hey man, how you feeling about being close to death? You know, like that, that isn't really within my nature. And so just that, like I can feel the anxiety of, of just the thought of doing that. And even just throughout the course of this conversation, I'm feeling much more motivated to write him a letter. Mm. So like, and my mom's been saying that forever of like, just, you know, you got to write to him. And that is talk about like, like a no expectation thing. Cause he can't, you know, he's from the forties, so he can't type fast. And so there, <laughs> there wouldn't be an email response. He's not going to handwrite me another letter back. So it would kind of just be like that alleviation of getting it off my chest and go, exactly. there it is. There yeah. it is. You know, yeah. like here's, here's like when I said earlier, cards on the table, here's all my cards, yeah. you know, like, and so that, that feels, that feels a little bit peaceful. Oh like, yeah. And even just the therapeutic nature of, of writing all that out. Um, yeah. I have yeah. people write, like I've seen the, the most miraculous work in the last few months from coming up with it. And I'm not going to give it away, but cause it's so special. And, and it's something that, that I prescribe out um, when it's called for and when I assess something well, but it, there is some version of writing a parent, a letter that they're not going to receive, but mm. you get to say it all and you get right. it out of you and right. the cathartic nature of that. And, uh, you know, and I I haven't sent some letters that have been received, mm. I, you know, plenty. Yeah. I, I've worked with, especially with my father, I've written him, or I remember at a, at a really difficult point in his life where I had the opportunity to be the higher ground and, and he had kind of worked himself into a difficult situation and everybody was kind of, he was the pronounced problem. Mm-hmm. And and everybody was sort of like, you know, people were were designating him that, and I could have jumped on that bandwagon. And instead, I connected from this hard place and wrote this letter that I didn't send. Mm-hmm. And somehow, I I know that he received what I was writing. Right? You know, it's being expressed. 
And, yeah. Right. You right. Know, right. Yeah. And again, I think to the, to the father son connection, especially as opposed to like a friend that you're beefing with that yeah. you write and it may not go through the network and get, get to them. But I think, like you said, I mean, I can certainly take that, that mystical kind of side of it all of just like, how would that, how, 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 how would that not make it to him? Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and in the blood, so the, one of the, the least mystical versions of, of Buddhism is Zen. It's not very mystical. It's, uh, it's, it's really kind of what is, mm-hmm. um, the only mystical element of it is like balance of like our, our balance of energy, mm-hmm. you know, when that's kind of getting a little like out of the practical and where's this energy that we're trying to right. balance, you know, but, but one of the things within, uh, Zen is this great teacher, Thich Nhat Hanh, who's like, like, I mean, he's a prolific author and, uh, I'm, I'm so uh, happy he's still alive because he's faced his own mortality, uh, in recent time. But he talked about like, if you ever want to speak to your family members, you know, speak to your blood. Mm-hmm. And it's such a thing that like reading those words and even saying it right now, like it hits you in some weird way of like my, my grandmother is here. Mm-hmm. she's in my blood you know all my ancestors are here i can speak to my own being you know and know that that the same tears that they shed are the same tears that come out of my eyes and they're all here right now and i can have this relationship with them that's a living relationship even though they're not here yeah you know yeah and so all of that works in your favor you know as you speak these truths and you get them out of you it like do you know about crows like when one learns something they all learn something like the it, the information gets passed from one crow observing something through a caw so uh-huh. a system of speaking to each other that all the crows all around the world get the same information and it wow. never goes out so wow. it's it's crazy how and and they're also they're insanely smart birds they create a, they're the only animal that creates a tool to get a job done yeah 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 have you ever they seen also that? Pl- they also play which is a sign of intelligence which is incredible right like, and yeah. they mourn yeah I mean I saw like um there was a dead baby crow out in front of the porch gallery which is not a great ad for them. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been an installation. <laughs> There's this art gallery in town and some friends own it and uh and it's a great spot and there was this baby crow there and and I saw this flock of crows having a murder, Jamie. A murder, right, right, right. Thank you. <laughs> a murder. I, I was trying to be sensitive because this one was dead. <laughs> but I saw them mourning. I saw them calling to each other. Were they all dressed in black? (laughs) 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 They were all like, it was the craziest thing, but the the word was being spread and they were, they were, they were in these trees and they were all flocked around and they were, they were mourning the loss of like, they, they, they they took it to heart, you know? And, and, uh, and they showed their appreciation and all the ones that were in the area all came. It was so insane. So anyway, uh, you're like, we're having a wake at the UAW. <laughs> <laughs> so seeing that and seeing that level of intelligence, I mean, like, you know, I think it's the same thing. It feels like the same thing. You don't have to wait for the person to be in front of you. You know, this work that you do, you are speaking to the blood that's in them. And whether it's an energetic exchange or your blood informs their blood or whatever yeah. it may be, there's something to it. There's work that can be done. Well, I mean, I think that that, you know, this upcoming ayahuasca ceremony is probably going to hold some pretty heavy uh, thematic uh, elements to it around, uh, you know, ancestry. And, right. and I had a, I had a, a ceremony 
uh, years ago that, um, I, we, we were able to get a, um, a room generally, we just kind of sleep in the room that you, you ceremony in. Mm. We had like an extra bedroom. And so I kind of snuck off there a few times throughout the ceremony and there was a mirror in there. And I just like, I love going to a mirror when I'm tripping and I get like my face as close as I can and just be, be my face. I mean, it's, you know, it's trippy. And mm-hmm. I just saw the men of my, of my lineage, just Whoa. like my face just morph into multiple men just going back and back and back in time. That's amazing. And I have this thing, which is funny cause I had it on my notes. Um, but I, I, around ancestry and around this idea of, of feeling connected to people who you've never known and, yeah. and only have connection to through blood, not only, but have connection to through blood and DNA and everything, but don't have any real written history or anything to know about these people. I've always felt, I, I so, I just do not connect to, to my, to my, to my ancestry, to my, um, ethnicity, to my lineage or anything where Viana's very proud of the fact that they're, um, Sicilian. Yep. I think rightfully so when you, when you're, you know, cause you and I are like, well, I've got Italian and you yeah, kind yeah. of throw, and you're like, where, who do I fucking associate with in yeah. that, you know? Yep. And so to have something where you can really trace it back. But even then I give Viana shit for that. Cause I'm like, what was before Sicily? There's right. a, there's a time right. before Sicily. Why does it, because they stayed there longer <laughs> than before. It's like, well, if you're going back far enough, we're, we're all come from the, what the heart of Africa. Like, yeah. you know, so I don't know where you can like suddenly find some, like I'm Italian, like, no, you, there's, there's before that. And so I yep. just, and I get, and I think it's in part because I don't, I'm not very close with my family. And so there isn't like an inherent um, familial, like, you know, blood in blood out type feeling of like, yep. this is my family. This is like my tribe. Yeah. And so I've kind of just become this like um, man with of no country of like, yeah. I don't know who I am. Yeah. And I certainly don't have, I can't go back even just a few steps and be like, this guy, my, my grandfather, he was a blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know. Ugh, I just don't like, it's just a mystery and I yeah. don't feel any connection to it. I know me either. I mean, really, I don't. I, I think I, I did a lot when I was younger of the Italian thing. It showed up and, you know, oh, you have such beautiful hair, the Italian hair. You, you were like, yeah, hey, forget yeah. about it. <laughs> <laughs> God, or, like, or like the skin. Yeah. Like my dad called uh, the, the, a couple of days ago, I was visiting with him and he's headed into surgery on Thursday, which is like a very serious surgery for his spine. Oh, and, Jesus. Yeah. And it's, and it's one that he was putting off for a long time because of the recuperation phase. And he was just muscling his way through and, and he's at the point right now where he, he can't anymore. And, and, and I think about that pain as being like, it's back pain. And so you're carrying a lot over mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, put and, that shit down, put yeah, some stuff down. Totally. Yeah. And I think recently, like he was <sighs> able to, but he's heading into the surgery. And so, but my visit with him on Sunday was sort of like, it had a heaviness to it because he's not acknowledging that he's uh, scared yeah. And he's being really present, which is all I've ever wanted. Like he was really present with us. And so I'm not one to complain about him not talking about the surgery other than like, you know, wanting to be on the other side of it. But my stepmom said to me at the end, she's like, you know, I know he's, I know he's scared. I know it's know. funny. This is my mom, you know, the, mo- the mothers are like, yeah, yeah we know what's going on. Right. <laughs> right. And so I went up to him and I just, and you know, it's before I was leaving and it was a great visit. And why I brought him up a minute ago is because he called me and my brother, the Olive Brothers. And I got the reference right away. He was like, oh, he's talking about the, the skin yeah. tone. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, 
But uh, I went up to him and I got down to eye level because he was sitting down and I just started rubbing both of his arms on the side. And I was like, you know, dad, I love you. Like, I'm going to be thinking about you and you're constantly with me and just saying all these things. And he kind of welled up a little bit and it kind of acknowledged like he showed the side that he's nervous about it, mm-hmm. but trying to maintain his, his, his stature, Yeah, you know? And it felt like a great moment for him to know, like for him to be walking around knowing that I'm taking it this seriously, that I care this much, that it's not just implied because we're father and son, like there, there's more to it there that he can hold on to and it's inspiration or whatever. Um, made me feel really good to offer him that. And he's, he's, he's able to see, you know, the result of holding in so much and, you know, um, the physical degradation that can take place, Yeah, you know, and you know, the liver is like a processing, uh, you know, area. It's yep. like processes toxicity, right? I mean, yep. there's kidneys and the liver, that whole system is like filtration and, yep. you know, and uh, what, where is the other place? The, the prostate. prostate. But prostate. That apparently that of men of his age generally have it. Right. right. There's a there's an adage, which I hadn't heard before, but uh, uh, most men don't die from prostate cancer. They die with prostate cancer. So it's just like you get a level of it as you get older, mm. which which hopefully maybe is something that doesn't get carried on past the baby boomers to just yeah. be like, well, yeah, we all get some sort of cancer. And it's like, well, maybe there's a fucking reason, and yeah. especially in the, you know, in the, the butt area of right. like, again, another processing, uh, holding in and yeah. all that kind of shit. But yeah, I mean, it's, um, I hope that we are of a generation that is I mean, this podcast alone, mm. this level of, of openness and vulnerability and honesty that, that it, that it infiltrates our generation where right. we can see a, um, a decrease in certain prevalences of things that are just like, Oh, that's what old men get. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's a few of these things that I feel like hopefully have been attended to. And I mean, I don't know what that, what the, what the metaphysical thing would be for, 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 uh, the butt, uh, for the prostate, but certainly the liver one, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think even my teacher, I was talking about him last night with, um, with Mike, who you met mm-hmm. and who I just posted a, a thing on Instagram of a conversation he and I had. And he's the guy from a, many episodes ago that, that, that was the guy with the white beard who played at my, uh, my teacher's funeral and then came to get treatment a few months later, like, out of all the gin joints in all the world, (laughs) you know, anyway, we had this conversation, but, um, we were talking about, he was like, you know, he's like, you know, Vic was really stuck in some areas. Right. Cause you know how much I put him up on a pedestal and, and, and so Mike was going like, yeah, you know, like he would get mad at like really sort of dumb things. Like, and I, and I saw that cause at a certain point I, um, I had, been smoking weed for a couple years, about eight years into sobriety. I stepped off of my antidepressants and then just moved into weed to try that. And at a certain point I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm fucking getting high again. Mm-hmm. I'm getting high. And like, and this isn't advancing my life though. Nothing bad has happened. 
nothing great has happened either for a right. while, you know? So I got rid of the weed and I, I started counting my time over basically, you know, which is like the humble thing to do, you know, uh, not consider yourself as sober as you were, mm. you know? So I, I recounted my time basically. This is like 2012 and, uh, and, and I called him Vic and I hadn't seen him in a few years. And I asked him, I told him that I was back and that I was humble and I really could use being in, uh, being around him. And he didn't jump at it and he just kind of left me there. And I, you know, learning more about Tibetan Buddhism and like that just doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I can see like some areas where he, he struggled that much like a child of, of a parent, you know, can I, I've tried to make all those things different for the people that I'm involved in, you know? Um, but, uh, what, I don't know why. I, oh yeah. Vic bringing him up. Is it due to his illness or? Oh yeah. He had liver cancer. Oh, he did. Yeah. 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 He had liver cancer and, 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 uh, it was inoperable and it was a thing that he accepted that, that Buddhism allowed him to accept. And he saw it as his karma and his time to leave. But, you know, I think about that. It was like the, the processing, uh, that, that liver area is like, is, uh, is, you know, it's helping filtrate like the things that we carry, the things we put into our body and yeah. there's some stuck area there, you know? And so I think about that almost in every corresponding, like whenever there's any ailment at all, I try and find out where like the emotional component For is sure. in the body. You yeah. Know? Was, uh, did, was Vic sober? Yeah. 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 Did he, was he hundred percent abstinent? Like, um, he was sober when I met him, he had 20 years. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then he, he lived another, uh, 10 or so. So he ended up having 30 years before he died. Yeah. Yeah. Of just total abstinence. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a more of a, um, correlative, uh, comparison with why my dad and and the liver cancer. Um, yeah. It's curious to oh, see. Right. right. You've uh, talked about it. Yeah. I mean, my dad's, um, he got diagnosed, I think maybe six months ago. So he's six months <laughs> sober. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, oh. and it's, I guess thinking about your dad and our dads and dads in general of a certain age, yeah. there's, um, and, and I'm, you know, now that you kind of brought it up, I'm drawing the kind of comparison of, where I'm at in life of, um, you know, I think this is like episode four called what's the point mm. where like, wh what do you, what are you doing? Like, what, what is it that it, it's weird to have this, to have this innate drive to stay alive that mm. is beyond you, I think, and beyond right. your own comprehension Yeah, that something is, is driving you and is like not making you like today go, you know what? I'm done. I'm just fucking pull the plug or shoot the bullet or whatever it is that there's something that keeps you there. And yep. that, that is just inherent. And I think is just there. But then I think the thing that I'm struggling with and I, and I'm curious as to like, to, to your father and my father and people who are just kind of like alive yeah. because they're alive because their system is still working. Yeah. And like, what is the, what is it that's every day to like, what is it when the moment you open your eyes of like, uh, shit, I'm still here or, 
oh, great. I'm still here. Like, I'm, what am I going to do today? Like, you know, obviously maybe it vacillates between the two. Cause I'll, I'll have moments where I, not that I wake up and be like, shit, I'm still here, but I'll wake up and just stare out the window and go, what the fuck am I going to do with today? Like, there's nothing that other than, and I, and I'm so, and I, this is, might sound strange and I hope this doesn't sound twisted and I haven't really given it too much thought, but that, that having a child is obviously a huge motivating factor to get up, to to fucking brush your teeth, to make breakfast for somebody, like to have a purpose. And, and, and obviously like, I'm hoping that, you know, that it deviates from that. And my only, that my only sole purpose isn't to take care of my child, that there's some self, there's a something within yourself that's fulfilling, but I just, I, I can't help but be curious about people that are towards the end of their life of, um, yeah, I guess that's interesting to think about someone like Ram Das or or that book you guys got me, um, uh, which uh, Albert. Um, oh, my the, problem. My child. problem child is yeah. the like the Albert Hoffman, the guy who who incepted LSD, and and yeah. he lived to 102. Yeah, took the, his last LSD dose was when he was 97. <laughs> like he <laughs> he left amazing. with some answers. Like yeah. he left with some understanding, and um and yeah, it just it's it's a curiosity to me for sure. Well, that's so the well, you being hung up on that in this moment says that that's the good question to ask your father. Yeah. Very directly. Like, hey, what are you getting up for every day? Yeah. That would be the opening. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Just yeah. go straight to it like, "Hey, I I'm aware of everything that's going on with you. I obviously have concerns. You're not talking about it. I'm wondering like what do you, what, what do you, when you get up in the morning, like, what are you living for? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I think it's a great question. And I, and I, you know, if anybody asked me that it would send me down a spiral of like ponderance of like, shit, that's a big fucking question. Yeah. And uh, there's just not even been even like, uh, I guess I asked like, how are you feeling? And kind of more generalized like health questions, but that's a fucking big one. I don't Zero know. That six, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, for sure. Right. For sure. And it's exactly the kind of thing. I mean, they'll just mail them an anonymous letter. That's like, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. So the letter idea is a great one. Yeah. A direct conversation one. Or is maybe like he's one. listening to this dad, if you are rate and review on iTunes <laughs> and in the review reply. <laughs> exactly. Um, one of the, to illustrate a really beautiful, um, experience that I had with my dad where it was this uh, illustrating the communication thing that goes beyond uh, words Mm -hmm. was um, I don't think I've ever told this one, the, the bird story on on this podcast, but there was um, a time where I was staying with my dad and stop me if I did, but, um, and I, my dad told me a riddle. Do you know about this? No. Okay, cool. He, I I was staying with my dad during my divorce and, um, and one day my dad, he caught me on the way out of the house and I was going to be driving from Pasadena to Malibu. So it was about an hour drive and he grabs me before I leave. And he's like, Hey, Hey, he's like, uh, I got a riddle for you. And this is the first time my dad's ever told I like <laughs> the, my first memorable, like, like, uh, where, where it's a memorable one, like, yeah. because I don't recall him ever. And he, he's not the grab you before you leave riddle yeah, guy. Riddle me right? this. Yeah. <laughs> so he, um, he's like, here's the riddle. Um, um, I'm a part of a bird, but I don't fly. I swim in the sea, but I stay dry. What am I? And he's like, he's like, don't, he's like, don't figure it out now. I know you're on your way out. He's like, but just sit with it today. So hold on. I'm a part of a bird, but I don't fly. I swim in the sea, but I stay dry. What am I? 
I don't know. All right. So I, I got in the car and I'm driving. A pigeon. I mean, right. penguin. Penguin. <laughs> a part of a bird. <laughs> um, so I'm driving and I forgot all about it, you know, and I'm uh, approaching um, the center in Malibu. And I, I decide on this particular day to drive. Um, I didn't even know that Shangri-La was like two blocks away from of course it from, was yeah it was like it was really close by and so I, i'm driving on the street that where malibu high school is and where shangri-la is uh rick rubin studio and so i'm i turn up that street i decide to go a different way than i normally go for whatever reason that day and and i'm driving and all of a sudden like about a hundred yards ahead on this straight road that's a two-lane street. Your in father's residence. standing in the middle of the road. Like, Did you solve the riddle? You may not pass until you have. <laughs> no, so so um, I see this car slam on its brakes. I see the red lights uh-huh. like in the distance. I swear to God, if the fucking vanity plate is the answer to the riddle, I'm leaving. <laughs> no, it's even crazier than that. Okay. It really is. Uh, so, the, so as I get close, the car that's in front of me that's hit on its brakes that hasn't moved it it goes around something in the road and and it, it drives around and i see there's a bird <laughs> i hate there's you a, so much <laughs> so there's a bird on the yellow line uh-huh. and it's not dead but it's not moving it's almost going like it's not fuck wet you. like it's like fuck yeah, you go. i'm staying here this is my sh- i was here before you, you yeah know? yeah Whatever it's doing, it's this act of defiance uh-huh. or something like the car in front of me can't figure it out. So I just stop <laughs> and I get out of like, and I'm kind of, I'm going, as I get closer, this bird's going to jump out of the way. Yeah, It doesn't. And it's kind of, you know, it's in the line. So, so in the middle of the road, so I can pull my car right next to it and I'm out and I'm looking out my window down and the bird's just chilling. Yeah. So I get out of my car and I go up to it and I'm like, and I'm talking to it. Yeah. I'm trying to do the thing. I mean, whatever. I'm talking to animals. I'm getting my Dr. Doolittle on. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, this place is Hey, safe. my dad gave me a riddle before. I <laughs> <laughs> well, I said, I was like, hey, this isn't safe. And somebody's behind me. Somebody's pulled up. And then they filmed it. Uh-huh. And they filmed this oh, thing. I saw it on Ridiculousness. It yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they're filming it. And I'm going like, hey, this isn't safe. And I'm kind of like, I... I I, I, shooing result, it. I result to shooing. Yeah. 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 And I'm kind of shooing and it kind of moves a little bit. And then, and then I find, I shoot, I do a bigger shoe and, and, and it takes off and, and I get the answer to the riddle, <laughs> you know, and it's the shadow. Oh, nice. I'm a part of a bird, but I don't but fly. I, I don't fly. I swim in the sea, but I stay dry. What am I? It's the bird shadow. So within an hour of leaving my dad's place. Yeah the natural world has brought this answer to this riddle that I wasn't even thinking. And about. the bird flew onto the shoulder of father John. Misty. <laughs> <laughs> he said, my work here is done and he disappeared. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like the world short, sort of like narrating this thing, like bringing it to life yeah. in front of me. Yeah. Taking the road that I don't normally take yep. and then ending up like within an hour, I have the answer to this riddle and I call my dad mm-hmm. and I, I sent him the video and I'm like, look at this is what happened. The bird told me. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's the answer. The shadow. And I was like, I know. And it's this connection. It's this, like it goes beyond what's rational. Well, I think it, it's, it, it feels like it's always um, just in the vein of, of uh, 
of an awareness of, of that, yeah. you know, you, that bird would have been there and it wouldn't have been as special had your dad not dropped that riddle on you right. ahead of it. So it's just like, it's kind of things all seem to, to contribute to, uh, to what can be synchronicity or what can seem mystical is like, yeah. you have to have all these ingredients. Cause yeah. if you're just going in with nothing, like why, why would anything be special? Why would anything have meaning or relevance if not to add all the parts to it? And yeah. that's not to take away the specialness. Oh, no, it's almost just to like, yeah. to come close to an explanation of something. It's yeah. just like, well, you need all of the parts in order to have the whole. Yeah. And I really think that the feeling that you've been having where you're, you're feeling like you're answerless inside you in those moments we're never cut off mm -hmm. the world is trying to communicate to you so i expanded out from like the thinking mind and working it working it out within me and i just step out into the world and i really pay attention and that's yeah. what meditation is there for you is that you know whatever the echo of your meditation is meeting you later on in the day and you can if you look around the world brings these answers. You know, it's so funny. I, I, yesterday I was just like, I was hungry and, and I was like, I should get out of the house and go get some food. And I, and I went over and got a, um, some, a burrito at a place whose name I won't give a reason, <laughs> but I'm driving back and I see this tree, uh, with these like bright orange, I mean, not even bright, this beautiful orange, like it was like very much in my palate. Yeah. These like spiky things. I was just like, gosh, I've never seen that before. And I'm driving, I'm getting further. I'm like, something's telling me pull over and like, I do what, whatever, experience yeah. this, go up closer, pull one off, keep it, whatever. And I just kept driving and I got home and was like, damn, there was something there, dude. Like you, you potentially missed out on something. And so maybe that, that there's something at least, uh, that the veil is, you know, opened up a bit and I haven't quite stepped through, but at least I'm peeking through or, yep. There was some, and I also had a little bit of um, a heavier amount of mushroom chocolate than I normally. Oh yeah, do. good, um, good. So yeah, it's just I guess it is uh, to to not succumb to this to this yeah. feeling of like yeah. I'm fucking done. I got no inspiration. I, it's all, everything's over. Like that's really what feels pretty um, pressing to or important to me is that it's fine. Yeah, everything's fine. Yeah. And this works the opposite way too. When when the world outside of you feels punishing and all these like doors are being slammed. Mm -hmm. It's not because you're being cut off. It's the answer is to go within. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then what you're in is the opposite. The answer isn't in you. So the the answer is pulling over and looking at the tree yeah. and continuing to do that and and using that as a model while you're feeling it perplexed right. on the inside. Let the natural world respond to you and bring the answer. I mean, this yeah. is a thing that man has been involved in since the beginning of time, sort of you know, harmonizing with one's environment, mm -hmm. you know, and we've gotten further and further away from that as we've extricated ourselves from being nature. Right, 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 you right. Know? Yeah. And yeah. so it's a relationship. Speaking that's always of which, available. we are at a crossroads now. We have uh, 13 minutes left to an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. I'm busting for a piss. We can either leave. Oh, we're no, done. We're good. We're done with the show. Yeah. This okay. is a good place to end. <laughs> oh, before we leave. Yeah. Uh, I know we, I mentioned it on the show or on the, on the Instagram, but uh, I, I mean, it's hilarious and it's insane and incredible that, um, John, Josh Tillman, Father John Misty, yeah. and I share the same birthday. Like yeah. that's nuts, I dude. Know. It's so <laughs> insane. Yeah, so funny, so yeah. fucking funny. I yeah. know. And and you know who pointed that out to me 
was uh, Ryan, who was the girl who way early on in this show wrote in about the Andrew Bird story. Oh, nice. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the one that brought that to my attention. And she was like, can we talk about how, and it was all caps, (laughs) her text. And I was like, stop yelling. (laughs) Oh, incredible. Well, um, I'm so grateful for you. And and it feels like there's, you know, as, as it always does, there's, there's energy that's moved and, and, you know, the, whatever dust settled throughout the week just got kind of kicked up and yeah, it feels awesome. nice. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank and, you. Yeah. I want to promote, um, Lacey's, uh, Lacey's launching a, um, a coaching, like a spiritual mentoring kind of coaching. Um, um, she's just her services. She's able to work with people outside of California now. Oh, nice. And she's incredible. looking at you, Florida. <laughs> you would need a lot of help. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. And so, so she's at unconventional gardener and then I'm always up for, um, investigating, uh, consultations for my services as well. Um, so, and that's also through Lacey, who's my manager at unconventional gardener on Instagram. And that's it. Um, well, I'll do a, a, a time sensitive promotion of myself here. I have a shirt that I put out. It's called, it says, I miss your face. And in smaller letters, it says, I can't wait to see it again. And it was in response to the fact that we don't get to see each other's faces anymore and going to the store, going anywhere and like smiling at people and it feeling like it's not being received. Just like a little goofy thing. It's a um, great shirt. Thank great you. Great looking shirt. And I, uh, uh, it's a limited time only. It's on a pot. Like we do this thing with these screen printers. I work with a pop-up shop. So it's available for the next, um, I think, 10, eight days at this point, but realfunwow.com. It's available there. And, uh, I was like, I, I, the day that I released it, I saw the CDC announced that Matt, like, but not, you know, basically like, you don't need to wear masks anymore. And I was like, Oh, you gotta be (laughs) fucking kidding me. And I, so I was like, I rushed it faster than I wanted to, to like beat the CDC announcement, which is (laughs) hilarious. And then I also was like, I kind of laughed at the fact that I was like, well, you know, if it doesn't work out for this pandemic, there's always the next pandemic. It'll be, it'll be relevant again. <laughs> so right. this shirt will kind of always come back into oh, style again. And it'll be vintage <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so by that point. Yes. All right. Well, um, thank you again for, for helping me yeah. know, talk about this stuff. It's really important. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> See ya. See ya.